Welcome to another inspiring podcast from C3 New Hope. For more information about our church and its locations, please visit our website at c3newhope.com.au. Well, I want to preach a message this morning titled, This is the Gospel. This is the Gospel. The word gospel, and I should nail this because I'm, I'm part Greek, but I don't think I'm going to nail this. <laughs> the word gospel is derived from two Greek words. The first one is euangelion. Well, see, I already know. Euangelion. The second one, this is pretty Greek. Euangelizomai. Euangelizomai. And um, I should know how to pronounce that, like I said, because of my heritage, but I'll just do my best here this morning. Um, but in English, today translated, it literally means good news, or more specifically, it means the good news of Jesus Christ. And actually, what I was reading this week when I was studying for this message is that when we hear the word news here in today today's world, it's kind of watered down a little bit, right? Because, you know, we've got news on all different channels, radio stations. The news, if you listen, there's radio stations that speak the news 24-7. Um, there's channels set up where the news are going 24-7. So when someone says, hey, I've got news, it's kind of watered down a little bit because of the over the amount of information that we can see in, in, in today's world. But back then... The, the phrase good news was actually closer to a good announcement or a good proclamation. So back in Roman times, they would, they would come in and they would proclaim, you know, an announcement. And so the good news, you might hear the word news and go, oh, what is, you know, that's kind of watered down. But news can actually be translated closer to probably an announcement or a proclamation. There's a few things about the gospel that I want to kick off with this morning. The first thing is that the gospel is like nothing else. The gospel is like nothing else. There is nothing out there that can compare to the good news of Jesus Christ. And you know, I don't know about you, I don't know your story this morning, how you find yourself here in this church, whether it's for the first time, the hundredth time, maybe someone invited you here. But I know for me, I searched, I looked to different things, relationships, I looked for, like Talia mentioned, you know, to be seen by different people and to find my identity and what other people said about me. You know, I've searched for it in a career. But nothing can fulfill like the good news of Jesus Christ. And it's my prayer this morning, it's Pastor Dan and Ali's prayer, that if you are sitting here for the first time and, and maybe you don't know what your purpose is, maybe you don't know what this is all about, maybe you're just trying to figure out the God thing, it's my prayer this morning that you will realise that there is nothing like the good news of Jesus Christ. The second thing is that the gospel is transformative. The gospel is transformative. See, God has designed the good news about Jesus Christ. It wasn't a mistake. God sent his son down onto the cross, into this earth, to die on the cross for our sins so that we would be set free. More importantly, that wasn't an accident. God wanted us to know in the physical form. He wanted to give us a living example of what he was like. And so the gospel is transformative. It first leads us to repentance, but then secondly, it completely transforms us. Yeah. Gospel is transformative. And thirdly, 
the most important thing is all is that the gospel is available to everyone. John 3.16 says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only son, that whoever, whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. And so this morning what I want us to focus in on is what kind of things take place after that initial salvation moment. And then what is our responsibility individually and as the church in all of this? So what better place to go than the Bible to help us figure that out? Am I right? That was a pretty... Yeah, that's good. So let's go to Romans 6. Harmony is going to put that up on the screen. And it says this. I'm just going to pick this up. I really should get a lighter Bible for preaching. <laughs> it says this in Romans 6. If you've got a Bible here this morning, you can pull that out as well. Does anyone bring their physical Bible to church, actually? You guys are the OGs, if that's you. I love that. Yes, Veronica Shabaya at the back, of course. The holy woman herself. Sorry, sorry, back to the Bible. Um, in Romans 6, it says this. What shall we say then? Are we to continue in sin that grace may abound? By no means. How can we who died to sin still live in it? Do you not know that all of us have been baptised into Christ Jesus? We were also baptised into his death. We were buried therefore with him by baptism into death. In order that, just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, we too might walk in the newness of life. So this scripture here in in verses 1 to 4 is telling us that when we become saved, we are raised to new life. Now what that means is that we're born again. I don't know if you're familiar with the story of Nicodemus, but he was a religious leader back in the time when Jesus uh, was, was first starting his ministry. And he grew up his whole life thinking that, He had to do things a certain way and that he was, you know, he had to basically do all these things to experience God. But then he goes through this moment with Jesus and he has this encounter where Jesus says, you've got to be born again. And he's kind of like, he's like, do I have to go back into my mother's womb? And it's like, it's like, well, man, like, come on, like, he literally like, I'm not making that up. That's in the Bible. Poor guy. Yeah, we've got the benefit of hindsight today to look back and (laughs) realise what that means. But he was just... I don't blame him. I would have asked the same thing. But this verse, Paul here, is is leading us to the fact that when we go through our salvation moment, we are raised to new life, to new life. In 2 Corinthians 5.17, I uh, I love this and write this scripture down if you're taking notes this morning. It says, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has gone and the new has come, a new creation. Going on to verse 6, it says this. It says, We know that our old self was crucified with him in order that the body of the sin might be brought to nothing so that we would no longer be enslaved to sin. For the one who has died has been set free from sin. So the first thing that happens when we go into a salvation moment is that we are raised to new life. So God says we are a new person. The old is gone, the new has come. But secondly, what's really important for us to understand, because we don't understand this, we'll do everything in our own strength and we won't fall under his grace. 
So what's important to understand here is that once you are saved, the power of sin is broken over your life. It's broken over your life. Now, Paul's not saying here that we don't sin as Christians anymore. Who's, who's, who doesn't sin anymore at all, full stop? Yeah, that's all of us, right? We all mess up. We all try, but we still mess up. When the Bible says we all fall short of the glory of God, we all muck up. That's why we need him. If we didn't sin, we wouldn't need God. It's the whole gospel right there. So we still make mistakes, but what's important to understand is the power of sin is broken over our lives. So sin no longer has to hold us back. No longer has to hold us back. And I was thinking about this because our call to each and every day is to become more and more like Christ. And there's a grace for that. And I was thinking this week, I, um, as a kid, I always wondered why when you visited someone's house, that some people would want you to take your shoes off in their house, but some people were okay with you wearing shoes in their house. And as a kid, I was like, I don't, why are some people, like, I thought there was just a general rule, trying to figure it out, but some people want you to take their shoes off, your shoes off at their door, but some people don't. And I was thinking, and actually, I did, I did a bit of research on this, um, because I know now, obviously, as an, as an adult, that you know, as we wear shoes, we're walking outside and we pick up certain things on our shoes. And so when we go, I don't know whether you're a shoes on inside or shoes off inside person. This is not a moment to debate and to divide the room over this, but I'm not trying to give any hints, but apparently, because you might change after this, but (laughs) statistically, and funny enough, this is a bit of a debate in our household at the moment, Um, which is why I was thinking about it. But statistically, (laughs) one-third of matter, right? Everyone know what matter matter is? Remember science in school? Um, One-third of the matter, so the stuff that gets built up inside your house, the dirt, the grime, the dust, one-third of that comes from the bottom of your shoes. One-third of that. And um, so quite literally, by, I told you, I'm not saying one or the other here this morning. That's not what I'm doing. But quite literally, by wearing shoes inside your house, you're bringing in dirt and muck and grime. Please don't feel bad this morning if you wear your shoes inside. This is not what this is about. But quite literally, by wearing shoes inside, you're bringing matter, dirt, muck, grime, dust, dog poo, cat wee, whatever you've stepped on that day, chewing gum. Nothing worse than stepping on chewing gum, am I right? But you bring that inside the house. And I was thinking about this this week. The sanctification process that we go to after salvation is a little bit like taking your shoes off at the front door. It's, it's saying, God, I know I'm carrying all of this stuff, all this dirt and this muck and this grime, but I can't do it in my own strength anymore. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to take it off and I'm going to lay it before you so that you can transform my life completely. Because church, salvation is only one part of the gospel. The other part is us changing and being transformed and set free from the things that hold us back. This is the gospel. It's Jesus turning our worry into peace, our anger into patience, our emptiness into fulfillment, our shame into a firm identity, our control of money into generosity, our doubt into confidence, our anxiety into joy, 
our uncertainty into purpose and our cluelessness into faith. God wants us to bring our shortfalls before him, to give it over so that he can set us free, so that the transformative power of Jesus can work in our life. This is the gospel. Here's the best thing about it. We don't do it in our own strength. He does it. You know, we've got to allow him to have access to it. And before I prayed a prayer, before I started speaking, and I said, God, will you soften our hearts? The Holy Spirit needs to do that. He needs to soften our hearts every day. I ask him to do that in my life every single day because we don't transform ourselves. This is not a self-help gospel. We don't do it. He does, and all the glory goes to him. All the glory goes to him. Luke 18, verses 27 says this. But he said, and this is Jesus talking, what is impossible with man is possible with God. And so church, from that moment when you become born again in Jesus Christ, you no longer have to be held back by the things that once held you back. You are set free. We all, every single one of us, we all have access to the transformative power of the gospel. Transformative power of the gospel. Turn to the person next to you and say, you've got access. You've got a backstage pass. And so, um, uh, does anyone else here love documentaries? Documentaries, come on. I love, I'm, I love documentaries. I could, Netflix is, is bad, man. Like, you could just binge watch a show all day. Um, I, don't, I actually never have the time to do that, so I don't know why I'm saying I do that, but binge watch for me is like two episodes. But um, I love documentaries, and I love documentaries that focus on people. There's just something so fascinating about learning about people. And um, what's amazing is that the gospel is for us, right? It's for us to be transformed, for us to be saved by God. But that's only part one. Part two of the gospel is us sharing that, is us sharing that with our family, sharing that with our friends. And did you know, you know, just like we love a good documentary that focuses on someone's life, one of the, the bridges that someone's going to experience Jesus is through your story. It's through what God's done in you. It's not by standing on the corner of a street and <laughs> yelling out, Jesus proclaims the good news. Someone might get access that way, maybe. But statistically, people come to church with someone else. Why? Because they've heard the story of what God's done in our lives. And so part one of the gospel is us being set free and transformed and coming before him. But part two is us sharing it. This is the gospel. And church, your story has the power to lead someone towards Jesus. We're not meant to stay the same. If we stay the same, well, <laughs> we're the same. <laughs> Jesus transforms and, and, and that's the gospel. We're meant to be completely transformed. And I'll, I'll get... um the band to come back up. We're going to sing a worship song one more time at the back end of the service. And as I go to the close of, of the message, um, you guys heard some of the stories of, of our guys this morning on the camp testimonies panel. And 
we, Pastor Ali said it before, an encounter with God is really important. That's where it starts. But what's equally as important is that we actually move back into, you know, everyday life and that there's change in our lives and that we exhibit that change. And so at camp, we challenged our students. On the last morning, we, um, after we had these encounter moments, we, we had a panel ourselves where some of our leaders spoke into the two areas that I really believe that are shaping our young people more than anything else right now. And that's music and social media. Music and social media. And so we spoke into this and um, we didn't get time to share that on the panel this morning, but so many of our, our young people have left camp and are either going on a fast listening to secular music or have completely stopped listening to secular music. And now there, there's music, there's secular music, and if you're not familiar with the word secular, basically it's any music that's not worship music, that's, that's not of God. And there is music, secular music, that's okay to listen to, but there is so much secular music that is not good for us at all. And so we challenged our... Our students, we said, guys, you know, here's what we see as, as your leaders and here's what we've done and why don't you go, go out that? And, and we didn't even say, hey, fast it or stop listening to it. We just threw it out there and so many of them have gone away. Why is this and, and stopped listening to secular music or fasted social media? Why is this important? Because the things that we follow and the things that fill us up from day to day, whether we know it or not, they are transforming us on the inside. And if we are going to let God shape our story, we've got to be really careful about what, what comes in. Now, God does the transforming, but we have a responsibility as well. We have a responsibility to stand at the, at the door and, and either close or open it to certain things. We have a responsibility about what goes into our heart. And like I said, we don't have to get it right straight away. That's why His grace is there. It's a journey. It's a journey. And Jesus has transformative power. This is the gospel. And so as you stand to your feet this morning, we get ready to, to sing the bridge of, of this uh, song again one more time before I close. I just wanted to finish on this scripture. And it's in John 8, it says this, it says, Jesus answered them, truly, truly, I say to you, everyone who practices sin is a slave to sin. The slave does not remain in the house forever. The son remains forever. And so if the son sets you free, you will be free indeed. You will be free indeed. We hope you've been encouraged by this message. For more information about C3 New Hope and its locations, please visit our website at c3newhope.com.au. Thank you.